Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. Today is part two of Melissa Williams episodes. Um, we really enjoyed the first half of our conversation and I hope that you enjoyed it as well. If you have not listened to that, I would encourage you to hop back to last week's episode and listen to that first. Then you can come back and hear the second part of our conversation. Hope you enjoy. So would you talk a little bit about things that you wish other people knew about social workers that they just don't? Oh my gosh, that's a a million dollar question. Right. Um, (laughs) It's kind of a tough one. Sorry about that. But no, I love that question. I just like I it's one of those I think I could think about for a week straight and come up with a different answer every day. Um, I would say um, there's okay. So in one, in one perspective, I would say there's a lot of things we want to do and say and help with that we ethically cannot. Oh, I love that. So, you know what I mean? Like there's so many more things I want to do to help you. And, um, because of my license, I can't go that far. And that I wish I, I, people understood even, you know, I get so frustrated when I see, um, I can't even read like Facebook posts on like newspaper articles. And so, you know, let's say there's like one how, um, unfortunately maybe a child died in a, in a home. Mm-hmm. And then you see all the people post like social services is crap or they didn't do their job and they didn't go in the home. And it's like, you can't just kick down somebody's door and pull a kid from their home. Like it doesn't work that right. way. And so I think people need, you know, just there is an understanding of, um, most social workers are trying as hard as they can But there are things that we just have to follow that we cannot get around. Um, There are some, you know, in some environments I've worked where all I wanted to do was hug someone and say, I love you. And you can't because it's not appropriate for the environment you work. But that is the one thing that they need in that moment. And you can't do it. And I'll tell you that I cannot explain to you how hard that is because um, it's almost like you're going between like morally, what do I want to do and what's right above all versus is it worth risking my career. Right. Um, and so I would say, you know, just understanding there's a lot more that goes into things behind the scenes. And you could say that about any career really. Right. Um, but man, that's the first thing I think of. And yeah, I got, let me think on that a little bit too, while we keep talking, yeah. See something else pops in my head. That's like really at the forefront of that. But I love that question. (laughs) I really do love that question. It's been something I've been thinking about um, since I (laughs) had written that down. I was like, you know, I'm just really, there's so many things that I do wish a lot of times we were able to say, but for the same reason, we're not. Um, You know, I would say one thing too, that is often assumption about, um, social workers, therapists, whomever, is that we've had a really charmed life. 
sure. Oh, absolutely. And that's one that I would like to clear up. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. You know, the, the thing is, and I've even had people, you know, say to me before, just tell me one thing, one traumatic thing that you've been through. But ethically, we cannot do that. Exactly. And I've explained that to people. And I've, you know, I've even said before, you know, we all have had things that we have gone through varying degrees. Absolutely. But still hard, still sucky. But I cannot, first of all, this is your time. This is not my time. You know, yeah. this is for you. But also, it's just not ethically appropriate. We have very clear, you know, guidelines and boundaries for social workers. And that is one that's just not okay to do. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, I don't think people are wanting to know our deepest, darkest secrets. I think they're wanting to know that they're not alone in that. And sometimes it's not enough to say, for them, it's not enough to say, you know, other people have been through this. Not that I would say that, you know, in that way by mm-hmm. any means, but it's not enough for them to know that they want to know if you personally can identify with what they're going through. So it's so insightful. Yeah. So I try to do a lot of work with people on not, you know, comparing situations either. And so that's where mm-hmm. I will bring in that, you know, don't, you know, you can't compare just because it has happened to someone else or you think, cause a lot of times people will say, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but well, it could always be worse. Or so-and-so had this. I can't stand that. Or even when people say, and again, I shouldn't even say I can't stand it because people aren't saying that to be rude. They're just trying to help and they don't know how. Yes. Or when people will say, um, oh, I know exactly what you're going through. You know, that one too. And it's like we say that to try to be empathetic, uh, but it's not true, you know. And and, um, no, I can't. I completely agree with everything you just said. Can we think of some ways maybe that if people do want to provide some empathy just in their general life, like, you know, I see that a lot of times on even Facebook, you know, comments that people are making and they're really trying. I really do believe that they're trying, but they may not have words that maybe come across um, in a super supportive way and more so might come across really minimizing. So what do you think are some ways that people could navigate that? How could they convey, you know, in a really tough situation Basically, I, you know, it's my answer is going to be lame and people have heard this 3000 times in their life, but you have no idea what somebody's going through. Mm -hmm. You have no idea what led them to that. I wrote a blog. I should find it this quote that I love and and it's about the trees. Uh And I don't know if you've seen that blog that I did, but, um, I, I can't think of the person who quoted it either, but it's about like, when you look at a tree that's like dying, Uh you about oh sh- like that tree didn't deserve that you know it, it wasn't given proper water it wasn't in the right amount of sunlight like we never blame the tree and yep. so I just love that quote because it's like if you were put in the exact same situation as that person if you grew up that way or experienced that trauma or that situation you have no clue how it's going to impact you and people aren't choosing for example people in my brain in my experience my professional experience what I know people are not openly just gonna choose drugs over their children like right right there's so many layers to that and so for people just to really um it 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 even affects you when you're so negative like when you post stuff like that or have those feelings about people like that affects you too and so just being I just think to be kinder and more accepting of the world and what people are going through and maybe things that you don't agree with. And I completely respect that, but that doesn't mean we need to be mean or disrespectful or unaccepting or 
assuming then that everybody is just like that. That's, you know, that type of person or what have you. And so I just really would love to see people ease up in general more and just, um, know that they're going through something, you know, and people like to your point will look at me and be like, Oh, like you've gone through anything. And it's like, I have, Mm -hmm. and, um, I might not have ever been addicted to drugs or I may never have been, you know, sexually assaulted by a family member. Some of these things that are like significantly Mm -hmm. traumatic, but I have gone through things that some people, nobody knows some of, and it's like, we just, we can't make assumptions, you know, and we do, we do. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, it's as simple as, especially when it comes to Facebook, but even face to face, if you don't have anything positive to say, or you don't know what to say, you can either just be like, Oh, I gotta go. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, if you really are desperate, you could just go, or you could just say that sounds really hard and leave it at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I like that. And, and there are times, of course, when my, you know, my clients, and I know yours too, will say something that's frustrating or, um, that you don't agree with, but my gosh, the last thing I'm going to do is, is break them down even more. Right. That's with that person. And then I think of the other people affected by those comments or those, um, judgments, you know, it's not just the person who's dealing with it now that has more shame or embarrassment or, um, confusion around it, but it's their loved ones, their families or yes. kids, you know, maybe your kids seeing the things that you're saying and stuff. And so there's just a, a world of people that are, that are um, affected by your thoughts and comments and judgments when we just don't see the world from other perspectives, I guess. Yes. You know, I think that is one thing that has been very beneficial as a social worker. I think the majority of social workers um, have the ability to see things from all sides of the situation or the majority of the sides of the situation. Absolutely. And I think that's really a benefit. That, yeah. that we have, whether it's something that naturally people have or they've learned, you know, throughout their schooling. But when you can actually dig deeper like you did, like just like you said, you know, how is this going to affect your children or your mom or your grandma or mm-hmm. even a stranger that you don't know, but their family? You know, I mean, it has an impact. I mean, words matter, whether you're talking to an adult or a child or stranger, whoever, I mean, your words matter more than people realize. I know they, and that's what it comes down to. And what I found is it's not, I mean, it certainly is the abuse and stuff that like a lot of our clients endure, like physically, sexually, some of those horrific things, but truly it it does come back to words Mm -hmm. or lack thereof, you know? Um, and so for me, that's been really interesting. And I think it's so interesting, too, because it's um, I it's such a bittersweet thing in in a sense to do this work in, in what you said of like you see so many different perspectives and how that's been so helpful in me learning who I am and the type of person I want to be. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that's really hard. And I bet you can mm-hmm. agree with that. Like you're so much more vigilant about the world. So it's like you're never really not working. Yes. But also it's like you're always kind of either playing devil's advocate with people or getting frustrated because they're not seeing other perspectives um, because we've had an opportunity to do that. So it just gives us this whole other understanding of things. And it's like, I need to sometimes step back and be like, I cannot expect this person to see it from that side, but it's like, if only you could, you right. Know, <laughs> the world in general. And um, yes. so it's such a bittersweet thing to have, for us to have experienced that and continue to. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. No, I would definitely agree with that. Um, it can be challenging. And mm-hmm. I think the same thing a lot of times I'm like, you know, they're just not there and they may never be there and I'm just going to need to let it go. Yes. But man, if they could, <laughs> I know that would it. be so amazing. I know. Or when they like complain about something and, and I, I mean, who doesn't whine or complain once in a while, but it's like, I might have had a really bad not bad, but like tough day of, of hearing about something traumatic or tough for someone or trying to be there. And, and then it's like, someone will text me that they're whining because their pizza was late. I don't know why I said that, but just yeah. something like yeah, so minuscule. It's like, just stop. You know, you, it's almost like it just exhausts you where I feel like I'm shorter with people sometimes. And that's not my intent. It's just like, you just, there's so many more awful things happening than the fact that your food was cold or your pizza didn't come on time. Right. <laughs> you know? like, yes really not worth getting upset over and so again it's such a it's such a bittersweet thing to um to have that perspective or that experience like I said yeah no I think that's great so I want to ask you just a few questions as we wrap up um the first one is not something that I've been asking everyone I'm just really curious since you are a creative person when you you know when someone is working on a really difficult project and it's just really you know overwhelming hard for their soul, how would you recommend that they move forward? Like what advice would you give? So for like someone I'm working with as a client or like, as no, a- as a, another creative, like a writer, you know, um, a songwriter. Oh, I see. Yeah. My apologies. I wasn't clear on that. No, but. I got it. Um, I would say, um, take it slowly and, um, kind of, hmm, I would say really f- try to focus on like one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what gets overwhelming is it's like, I want to blog, I, I want to write poetry, I want to write music, I want to start like a vlog or a podcast, you know, and there's all these things that you want to do, but then it overwhelms you and almost makes you want to shut down a little bit. So yeah. um, I always just say like, what are you in the mood to do today? Like what feels what are you going to get the most creativity out of today? Like if, if that makes sense, like there I are some, that, yeah. gosh, I really need to get another blog out. I haven't in a long time, but it's like, I'm not in the mood to do that. I'm in the mood to, to play the piano, mm-hmm. you know? And yes. so it's like, what, whatever creatively you're feeling in that moment, just let that be what you do. Uh, not focus on where it's like, this is what I should be doing or what, you know, what I need to be doing. And, um, I feel like I gave a really confusing answer and it ended up being like two answers. One of which I would say, um, focus small. Like what is your kind of to your point earlier, Kelly, on like, mm-hmm. what is your goal today? Yeah. Because if you get overwhelmed with like all of the things that you're passionate about and you want to do, um, it, it almost makes it like you wouldn't, you're not passionate about it anymore because there's just so much to mm-hmm. focus on. Yeah. Um, so for me, and, and uh, the other answer to that is like, just let it flow. Like, yeah. what is it today that, I want to be creative in, and whatever that is, I just let it flow. Yeah. I love that perspective of not forcing it one way or the other. Yeah. But can we talk real quick? I know that I said I have a few more questions, but we just no, have to please. note the fact um, that you are really talented in a lot of oh, different yeah. categories. <laughs> no, seriously. Oh. You play the piano, you sing. I've heard you sing. It's beautiful. You write beautifully. You do poetry. I mean, like, come on. What can you not do? I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> I saying. can't golf. I can't. Oh, really? Golf. <laughs> yes. I will tell you that it. right now. If you, 
I like it, but uh-huh. there's, there's your answer. I'm terrible at accepting oh, yeah. compliments. So whenever oh, people, I'm like you're trying to literally flip. blushing over here, but oh my gosh, you. you're so funny. <laughs> no, you know, um, actually what changed that for me, if this is helpful, you know, Shonda Rhimes, the creative Grey's anatomy. Yeah. Okay. So she has a fantastic book. Um, the year of yes, it is like, I've Oz. heard of that. It, I need to read that. Honestly, it's on my, in my top five. It was just that it, I list, excuse me, I read it um, after I had my son and it was just completely mind shift. But one Uh-oh. thing she talks about in there is working on taking compliments because as women, we are so used to deflecting. And so yeah. her recommendation is just to say thank you and leave it at that because otherwise we'll try to add on, you know, some little disclaimer like, oh, this outfit's <laughs> old or, oh, no, I'm not. Or, oh, I'm not going to golfing or, you know, <laughs> whatever it may be. I think there's a piece of it that's like, you, I get so self-conscious about, I don't want people to think that I'm like, oh yeah, go on. You know, it's like, and I think so much with women, it's like, we feel that way that if we just accept it, that people are going to be like, oh, like they think so too. And it's like, geez, just, it's okay to to accept that. Right, (laughs) right. Well, I think it's okay to own the places that we're doing well in. And not that we have to like, you know, get a billboard that's like, oh, I'm awesome. But I think it's okay yeah. to be like, you know, this is something that is really my niche. You know, this is something it's that like, I really enjoy. I agree. But sometimes we need that billboard. And that's, yeah. we accept that sometimes we need, we need a billboard that says I'm awesome. Like yeah. we all can use that. And, um, it, it, you know, I mean, it's motivating and it feels good. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I think it's okay. It's just, one of my, I think, like you said, it's a lot of women struggle to accept that. Yes. You know, um, uh, what are they? Newman signs. I think yeah. there's some, I love that they just like have things like be nice, you know, I, I can't even remember all of them, but like share love. It's like literally a bulletin or a bulletin, um, a billboard that is just giant alongside the interstate. And when I first yeah. moved here, I took, I literally took a picture of it because I was like mind blown. Somebody is using that space. I didn't know the story at the time, but somebody is using that space to promote positivity in life. And like, yeah. how awesome is that? Cause they could be getting money from another well, business, you know, you know, they could be, but I think what's even more awesome about that is how mindful you are about that. Most people would just look at that and not think twice about it. And the fact that it's like, that's what we all need to work on getting so much better at is like seeing that and appreciating that and thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the fact, like, wow, like I want to take a picture and that's so cool. And someone, the fact that you went there is like how much that energy can change your day and mm-hmm. your outlook and uh, we so miss again because of all the distractions in our life. We absolutely miss those things every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that you are absolutely right about that. Yeah. So, yes. so here, here's me being like, oh, I don't know if I should say thank you or what I should see. I got, I struggle too. <laughs> I know, I got you back. <laughs> too funny. All right. So, are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. Okay. Every time I ask that, people are like, yes. But um, so, you know, she has her break or her book, um, Braving the Wilderness. And she talks really, you may have read it, but she talks really um, about, you know, going into the wilderness and you don't know, you know, where you're going and you feel really isolated and you're just stepping out in faith. You know, I know this is something I need to do. It's terrifying, but I'm going to just do it anyway. And so I'm wondering if you can share a time in your life where you really felt like you were stepping out into the wilderness. Oh, I like that. Um, with this job that I have now, mm-hmm. I would say, um, 
boy, I could answer that in so many ways, but what pops in my head with, is this job. And I, I was at, I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I get bored easily and mm-hmm. I need to be challenged and I need to learn every day as frustrated as I might get sometimes. It's like, I just, I need that. And um, I, at my other job was really debating, you know, do I want to go? Do I want to stay? Um, it, just because of, for that fact. And then some things happened there that were very traumatic for me that, um, were very confusing for me mm-hmm. as a staff member. And I think we all experience that sometimes in yes. jobs, like, you know, something happens with whether a boss or an agency or just stuff, the coworker. And it was like, wow, that came out of nowhere and it challenged me and I'm, I'm really shooken up by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think taking a leap of faith in, this type of work because when you talk about human trafficking it's it's a very um when i took this job there was no job yet it was like here's the job and go create it and mm-hmm. young you know i was about 25 when i started and um uh, one of my biggest fears in life is public speaking and that's now become the <gasps> really part of my job yeah isn't that crazy oh because now it's like if I had 500 people in an auditorium that I could like train or educate, I would be like on cloud nine. So I was going to um, say you're so good at it. Oh, I, I did not think I would be. And I, that is the piece I'm really passionate about. Of I course, help, that. you know, the, the working with the victims and the survivors is, is a huge too. It's right. just, this is the part that was really for me, like stepping into, um, to your point, like the wilderness or the unknown and just being like, I have no clue I, you know, part of me was like, I am way in over my head here, but I, I just am a huge believer in like things happen for a reason. And the fact that this thing blew up at my other job out of nowhere and this job fell in my lap in a sense. And it was like this, I just need to do this. I need yes. to try this. I need to challenge myself to this. Um, and now it's like the biggest passion I have. And I'm sure people close to me will roll their eyes every time I bring it up because it's all I want to, <laughs> sure. it's all I want to talk about, yeah. which is not healthy again, but um, it's, I just, yeah. And, and the, it, every day is still a challenge because the clientele are completely different than anything I've ever experienced. And we're developing something as we go and, um, it's hard, but it's because I, every day to, to answer your question is, is like stepping out into the wilderness with this, oh, with yeah. this role. Yeah. So Absolutely. how would, would you have an answer for that one? I love that question too for you. You know, I think there have been several times in life. Um, I am somebody who I really am just like, I'm going for this and I just do yeah. it. But sometimes it fails. I mean, it does, it's not like I'm, you know, immune to failure because trust me, I've had plenty of, but I would say one of the biggest ones for me was determining that I was going to go completely full-time private practice. Yeah. I had, um, a, you know, another full-time job and I was basically working two full-time jobs at that point. Um, sure. And there's just something that is a little unnerving at times of not really knowing when you're going to have a paycheck per se, because insurance companies take a long time and, you know, there's so many dynamics to it. Um, But I really felt like in that way, you know, I had my husband's support, but it was on me because mm-hmm. I am the business owner. And so I have to be able to make it work. And so while, yes, I have support, I still felt like in some ways, you know, I am stepping out into this wilderness and I am just going to see what happens. And, and luckily the thing that I think is so great, every single person that I've asked so far of this question, you know, their answer they've given has been so amazing. But what I love even more is that their situations are not perfect, 
Mm-hmm. But it has turned out to be some of the best choices they have ever made. Exactly. Well, and to your point, even when I think of, and I just, I told one of my friends who said this the other day, I'm like, I'm going to write a blog about that. And I haven't gotten around to it yet. But uh-huh. um, when you talk about failure and, and, and your fear of failure, think, you know, the, the piece of failure. And my friend had said to me, um, failure is the exact same thing as success. You know, and he really dug into that. And I think people can interpret that how they want to. But when you think about that, it's like when you put yourself out there and and you're willing to fail, that is when we succeed. And you have to be willing to go into something believing that you're going to succeed. But uh, but also on the flip side, understanding that you could fail. But that doesn't mean you're a failure. It means that didn't work. And what are we going to change and how can we grow? And so it was really just um I like that you said that, too, because like you said, we're not perfect and, and things didn't start. You know, for a lot of people, it's interesting that they kind of answered similarly of um, it was not, you know, roses and daisies right. the whole way. Right. Absolutely. I and th- for you, that's stressful because you've got a family at home, too. You know, there's there's so many pieces to that of having to juggle. Right. I, I will say that um, one thing that I think was helpful for me when I... Um, made that leap of faith, I will call it, stepped out into that wilderness is that my dad, my whole entire life has owned his own business. And so I kind of knew some of the ups and downs in general. And so that was helpful. But I also think, you know, if, if somebody is stepping in to the wilderness, it can be really beneficial to have somebody that you can kind of use as a mentor. There's an episode it hasn't aired yet, but it will by the time yours does that I interview my dad and he talks a lot about how it could be really helpful to have, you know, like a mentor of sorts that you can, you know, bounce questions off and and ask about so you don't feel quite as isolated. But the reality is, is when you take big, scary steps, I mean, one thing you do usually get big, scary results too, which is cool, but also there's, there's a lot of up and down and it's, it's, it's hard. It is hard. But I don't, I can't speak for anyone else, but I know for me, I am doing something that I absolutely love. And I cannot imagine at this point in life that I could find something that I feel is more suited for me, if that makes sense. It is more helpful even mm-hmm. in my personal life, you know? Yes. So. That's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. a great place to be. And yeah, I think too, to your point, I, um, I think having a mentor makes a world of difference too. And in a lot of the big steps I've taken, whether it's been a family member or a friend or uh, a classmate, like I've always had someone who I could lean on a little bit to get through that. And I will say it, it, that for me is what got me through is those people. And, and so that's one thing I try so hard to be. And it's hard because sometimes it's like, it's taking the time to be there for people in that way. And, for example, like I get, I get students that email me all the time from college, like doing a paper on human trafficking or wanting to know what to do with their career and, you know, things like that. And it's like, I, it's just one of those things that I just make time for because it's like, I could not have done this without those people that took the time for me. And I want to be that person, um, for other people. And so it sounds like for you, you've probably had similar experiences with that too. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you say that because I often, you know, in previous jobs, if there was, you know, an intern following or something at times, yep. you know, it it it's it is honestly a lot more work for you. Like you would think it saves you work because you have somebody helping, but it's really a lot more work. <laughs> but uh, the, <no. laughs> the thing of it is, is that 
you know, somebody did that for us. And where would we be if they weren't willing to do that? And do I really not want to give somebody an opportunity that I was provided? You know, do I really just want that, you know, that assistance just to stop there? Or do I want to be able to pass that on to them knowing that hopefully in the future, if they have the opportunity to, you know, really support up and well, because we're social workers, up and coming social workers, you know, I want them to want to support them. So I need yes. to do my part in order to keep our profession going, essentially. I like that perspective, too. And, you know, and your passion comes out so much in your work. And I think to your point, yeah, it's, it's such a great place to be of like, this is what I meant to do. And it for you, it absolutely comes through in, in oh. all that you do and post and, you know, developing and stuff. It's It's cool to see. Well, thank you. I, I definitely appreciate that. That yeah. is my goal is always to be, you know, as transparent as I can be appropriately. Yes. So, of course. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about this, but I want to really just dig into this a little bit more. So you mentioned there have been people, you know, along your career path and life, you know, personal life as well, that have just really come alongside of you. So who would you say, and you can pick a couple because I know it's hard just to pick one, but who would you say have been some of your biggest encouragers and why would you say that? Oh man. Um, the kind of cliche answer is going to be my parents, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, it's so funny. I'm, I'm very close with both of my parents, but my dad, I talk to my mom sometimes on the the phone for like hours a week as do my uh sisters. And so my poor mother, it's like, thank (laughs) thank you for your listening ear. But even my dad, like, it's so cute because my dad will call me on the way home from work and it'll be like a three minute conversation. And that's, that's great. That's a, that's absolutely will suffice. And so he'll like give my mom a hard time and, and say like, how on earth, like, what do you talk about? How <laughs> do you spend that much time on the phone with them every week? Like, how is that possible? And so it just makes me laugh because to me, it's like, that's such like a man versus woman yes. thing. I'm being stereotypical, of course, but, um, it, and so I would just say my parents in different ways, you know, my mom being such a good listener and just encouraging and non-judgmental of me and has more patience than I, she has more patience in like her pinky finger than I have in my entire body. (laughs) It like blows my mind. And, and with my dad, he's been, he, for me has, um, for whatever reason, like I'm so just motivated by him. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot explain the, the respect I have for him and how for me it's like, I just want his approval because he has shown me nothing but like how to be a role model and how to be humble and how to work hard that it's like, I want nothing more than for you to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they've both been extremely accepting of me my whole life. And, um, not that I haven't made them mad or, you know, I was a sassy teenager once and (laughs) don't always make the best decisions. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, of course bumps along the way as is expected, but, um, I just, for me, it's like, I don't know what I would do without those two. And again, I could say that like, to your point there, you know, my sisters and my, some of my extended family and some of my closest friends, but just at the forefront of that would be the way, the way that I was able to grow up and be who I wanted to be. Um, you know, even I get so frustrated because I'll hear people say, and I'll be like, Oh, what's your kiddo up to? Or what are they going to college for? And you know, you have some parents that are like, Oh, I really, think they need to go to this college or I told them not to go into that career path because they're not going to make any money. And I told them not to, you know, move too far away from home. And that just makes me so sad Mm -hmm. for, for people that then almost are maybe hindered in their growth or, um, spreading their wings because their parents, 
cannot seem to let them do that. And I get that that would be hard, but I've just been fortunate where my parents were very much like, you go do you and we'll be here to support you in whatever that decision is. Um, We just want you to be happy. And and I've always felt that from them. Yes. I love that. It sounds like they just were so supportive and just encouraging to you throughout life. And also I think something that I've really started to notice is very key, you know, and people believing that they, you know, can make changes in their lives or can, you know, reach whatever goal they want is to have those people that are speaking that truth into our life that are saying to us, you can do whatever it is. I mean, my parents said that to me, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. We just want you to do the best that you can. Yeah, literally, you can do anything in the world you want. (laughs) Just do the best at it you can. And that, I think, has the power to really change somebody's life. Because you're not... It does. You're not as scared, you know? It does have the power to change people's lives. And then, again, I go back to that point of, imagine growing up not having any of that. And then we expect these people to just know how to um, love appropriately, to know how to function in the world, to know how to be adults. It's like, if you had no one to encourage you, love you, support you, show you how on earth are we expecting these people to just be and do the quote unquote right thing? You know, it's like, it's so much to ask of people like us, you know, people like uh, you and I who were fortunate to grow up in a two parent home and with healthy families. Um, we even still have struggles and make huge mistakes. Right. And so it's like, to have people that you know will still love you at the end of the day and remind you that of that, uh, it, it's just there's nothing that feels better than that. And knowing, I guess, just having that confidence of like it doesn't matter how I mess up or what I do, like they'll be there. Yes. Um. Yeah. That's just it's so powerful. I would agree with that, and I love that you brought back that point too, because a lot of times I think that you know people don't have the general public doesn't necessarily have a a real clear view of why somebody may make what is considered a pretty terrible decision. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it like that, if you literally have no one in your life that is cheering for you, everyone has always put you down and you like, let's say maybe you weren't lucky, you know, sometimes like teachers and librarians, coaches can fulfill some of that role for people. But let's say you didn't have any of that. And you have, you know, no support throughout life. You have, you know, no financial foundation. I mean, all of those things stacked against you, but yet you're supposed mm-hmm. to have no problems right? or no difficulties. When people who have really, you know, relatively um, set up, well, I guess I will say good foundations for the, their life still have difficulties. Like, how can we not expect that people would have problems you know it's just I know I we expect a lot from each other I I just I that's one thing I have learned um in the last few years of just changing and growing as a person is man we expect so much from each other and um but at the same point I don't know how to explain this but like one of the things my mom always said is like everyone in your life will disappoint you and you just need to prepare for that that's just a part of life is just know that everyone, no matter how close you are to them is going to disappoint you. Mm -hmm. So there's one piece of it. That's that. But then on the flip side, it's like, we also expect so much from each other and are so hard on one another. Um, it's like, again, it goes back to my point of like, just easing up a little because that's, that's not only going to help people around you. It's going to help yourself. Mm -hmm. 
No, I love that. I mean, it can even be as simple as if you, like you said, with the groceries, I was going to say if you spilled milk or something like that, but even Mm -hmm. with the groceries, like just giving yourself, you know, a little grace with that. Or, you know, I hate, I'll be honest, I hate when I mess up, when I mess something up or I forget about something. I mean, it just drives me nuts. Totally. You know, but a lot of what I have really practiced is even literally saying out loud to myself, I am human. I make mistakes. Yes. It's as simple as that. And if you can remind yourself, other people are human. They make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing the best they know how with what they have. Yes. Yes. You know, I love that. I love that. And I've said that to people before and you can just see the relief, like going, you know, there's two things I can say to people that I can just tell make a difference. One is like, you're not alone. Yes. Um, having that conversation. But secondly, it's, um, it's at the time and the situation and what you're going through, you did the best that you knew how. Absolutely. And that for people you could just see, they just like take a deep breath and then they're like, yeah. And, and they, you know, you really like, they really um, embrace that or they try to embrace that, I guess is what I've experienced. Yes. No, I would definitely agree with that. I also heard, um, I wish I could give the person credit. I'm terrible at this. I read so much. Like I can't keep it straight, <laughs> I <know>. but <laughs> I love to learn too. So I'm always reading something. Um, yes. but I also read somewhere, a continuation of that, doing the best that they can. And kind of like you said, but with the skills you had at that very moment. Yes. And what I think happens is people, you know, we work on skills. We learn skills as we navigate through life. And so then later on, you may be judging yourself in those past situations for where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it, 100%. That's just not fair. It's not fair to do it's to yourself. Not. I know. Yeah. And we do it every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think you're I right, know. Definitely. Well, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed our conversation. One last thing before we wrap up here. Yes. I'm wondering yes, yes. if you can let people know how they would contact you. So how they would, you know, read your blog or Facebook, whatever you want to provide. For sure. So um, the best way to get a hold of me is going to be on my blog, uh, like my Facebook blog, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's just Secrets of a Social Worker. So you can look that up like online. But um on Facebook as well. And then, um, otherwise the blog itself is just swsecrets.net. And so I'll always post like my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook on all of my posts. So you can find me that way. Um, so at really any Avenue, but the one that I'm the most responsive to is definitely Facebook. Um, if people want to reach out, but yeah, swsecrets.net, uh, would be the, the actual website itself. Okay, great. And we'll go ahead and link those on um, my website as well when Fabulous. we put the podcast on. So it'll be really easy for people to find you then. Good, so. good, good. Well, thank you so much. I thank really you. enjoyed our conversation. This was fun. Yes, it this was. Really, we'll have to get together next time I'm in town and talk about your podcast and other related things. Yes. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast, where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. A special thank you to our producer, Joe Burkett, and our assistant, Carrie, who both helped to make this podcast possible. See you next week for another episode.